Welcome back to the Project Happy Place podcast. We are in season two. The year is 2022 and it is off to quite a start. I'm so excited for my next guest. Um, It's another way in which the universe kind of aligns. I had recorded a podcast with Bonnie, who was on the first episode of season two. And she asked if she could help out in any way. And I said, I'd really love to connect with somebody that has our new as a background in nutrition. And ironically, her and Erica connected, who is my next guest, and Bonnie sent over Erica's information. So it was just a really beautiful example of how when you put things out into the universe, they really can come back to you. So without further ado, I want to introduce my next guest. Erica Anderson is a certified transformational nutrition coach with a specialty certification in autoimmune health. She was diagnosed at 17 with Stills disease, a rare autoimmune disease that affects the joints and muscles. After 10 years of taking immunosuppressing drugs, she was able to achieve complete remission using the power of food and managing stress and other triggers. This experience and the years of research into nutrition and the cause of autoimmune diseases led her to her mission, which is to empower other autoimmune warriors to take their health back by managing their disease through diet and lifestyle changes. That's just such a powerful statement. So I cannot wait to introduce Erica to learn more about her work. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, yes, of course. So I think I've said autoimmune a few times already just in your bio. So just to level set, um, for those that are not familiar, can you give people a brief overview of what an autoimmune disease is? Yeah, so an autoimmune disease is basically when your immune system gets confused and starts attacking your own body as if it is a foreign pathogen. So we all know the role that our immune system is supposed to play, and that is to protect us from things like viruses and bacteria, anything that could make us sick or seriously harm us. And in the case of an autoimmune disease, it basically just gets really confused and starts attacking your own tissues. So we've heard of um, some of the common ones like rheumatoid arthritis, those affect the joints. And so the immune system is specifically targeting the joints. Um, Hashimoto's, the immune system is specifically targeting the thyroid. And, you know, for the longest time, it was always just considered, and it still kind of is in the conventional, um, you know, medical field, that it's just genetics and there's really nothing else that contributes to it. If it runs in your family, you may or may not get it. And it's kind of a random happening. Um, But we, and we'll just kind of discuss this more that there's like, there's other components that can create that auto um, and cause that autoimmune disease in the individual that the genetic component is just one thing. Um, Also, you know, it's not considered to be curable Um, There's no pill, there's no medicine that's going to take away that disease forever. And so that's something that is also kind of important to my story too, that I'd like to talk about about in the future here. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, like what you said, especially in your bio, you know, you're diagnosed at 17 with this autoimmune disease and 
you've mentioned how, you know, you want people to be able to take their life back that are dealing with things like this. So when you received this diagnosis at 17, what did you initially do? And I feel like when we had first connected, you had even said that it took a while to even get to that diagnosis. So tell a little, tell people a little bit about like how long until you started feeling symptoms till you got the diagnosis and then what your next steps were at that point. Yeah. So I, and this is very similar to many people who are diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. You're going through life and you feel like everything is completely fine. I was a normal, healthy, um, 17 year old, very active. And, um, all of a sudden I just wasn't. Um, so for me, it took about a year to get a diagnosis and that's actually rather quick. My symptoms came on fast and hard, which was debilitating, but in the end I'm grateful for because it led to a quick diagnosis. Um, so one of the first things that happened was I lost my voice and I didn't really think anything of it. You know, it was just kind of a random thing that happened. Like, okay, it'll come back. It never came back for a year. And then one day I just woke up with fevers and I felt like I had gotten hit by a truck. I mean, every joint in my body was just aching and my neck especially was aching. My mom, we couldn't get the fever down. So we ended up going to the um, ER and they gave me like a, a Z pack and I felt a little better after a week, but the joint pain never went away. And they immediately put me on, my family doctor put me on prednisone. And to anybody who goes through this, um, that was that was a big mistake because prednisone can actually hide, um, can cause uh, false negatives on blood tests. So they, it did make me feel good and, you know, it helped me get through, but it really led to a, a longer time that it took me to get a diagnosis. Uh, it got so bad that I could not even walk from class to class. I was having my friends help me physically be able to walk. I was crying, trying to put my feet in my shoes in the morning. I slept literally all day. I was able to, I'd get through the school day. I'd come home at two 30 and my, my dog, she knew that I would go straight to bed. She would greet me at the door and then she would run upstairs to my bed and wait for me. Cause that's where I went. And I would sleep until it was dinner time. I would wake up and eat and then I would go straight back to bed. And that was my life for a solid year. Um, it was fevers every single day. I just kind of kept like Tylenol and that sort of thing in my, in my purse and would just take it when I felt a fever coming on. And the problem was they couldn't get me off the prednisone once they started me on it. And that was really frustrating the doctors because they relied so heavily on those um, lab tests that they, they were saying that we gotta get you off the prednisone, it's creating this false negative. And we won't be able to diagnose you until we can get some re uh, reliable lab tests. And every time they try to take me off that prednisone, I would get horribly sick. I ended up in the ER with 105 degree fever. And I remember that day, I also, I, I couldn't breathe. I actually blacked out. We we're sitting in the emergency waiting room and I couldn't even hold myself up in a chair. And all of a sudden I just, I couldn't breathe. And I told my mom, I can't breathe. 
Mm-hmm. And she started running, yelling, she can't breathe. And that's the last thing I remember. The next thing I know, I'm in a hospital bed with tons of nurses and doctors around me, sticking needles in me, giving me breathing treatments. And I remember that day I looked at my mom and I said, am I dying? Because that's mm-hmm. that's how it felt. And I can't imagine as a mother having to hear their child say something like that to them. But I ended up getting sent to the Cleveland Clinic in the end. The rheumatologists in Indianapolis at the time, they just, they ran out of options. They could not figure it out. And I went to see a rheumatologist in in the Cleveland Clinic. And he specifically wanted to see my case because he said he had had another 17-year-old who had come down with Still's disease, who had been on a similar medication that I was taking for my skin at the time. And he was kind of trying mm. to connect the dots there and see if there that was a contributing factor. But two days before I went to see him, I had developed this very strange rash um, just on my torso and arms. And it wasn't itchy. It was like this pink salmon flat rash. And I thought, I'm just allergic to my sweater. I have real sensitive skin. And I had just worn a new sweater. And I was like, well, here we go. I'm allergic to my sweater. But he saw that rash and he was like, how long have you had this? I said, two days. And he goes, if your rheumatologist at Indianapolis had seen this, they would have known you have Stills disease. And the funny thing is they had worked so hard to get me off that prednisone to get a reliable lab test. And in the end, they really didn't need it because there is no lab test for Stills disease. Mm. Um, So it wouldn't have helped them anyway. That rash is actually the like defining die um the the defining sign or symptom for for that diagnosis of stills disease um and so that was kind of interesting and you know once you reach a diagnosis you get this like relief but the journey doesn't end there because now you've got to find a medication that works for you and everyone's different um and i went through multiple medications i went through um methotrexate is the first one and this is very common with autoimmune diseases that they will put you on methotrexate methotrexate is cheap it has been around for like 50 60 years so it's been well studied but what my doctor did not tell me is it's a low dose of chemo therapy Mm. and so i started taking methotrexate and it wasn't helping then they upped my dose. And when they up your dose from the pill form, you have to start doing um, injections. Two weeks after I started that, I was in the shower and my hair was falling out in clumps. I freaked out. And of course, we called the doctor and they said, oh, there's no way that that methotrexate could do that. Which when when we looked it up, yeah, it's a, it's a low dose form of chemo. And it wasn't even helping me any It wasn't helping my symptoms at all. So we quit that, moved on to, I've done Kinneret, I've done Remicade, but finally what happened um, was Enbrel. Enbrel is an immunosuppressing drug. It's a, um, a drug that I was giving myself shots every week. That helped. It, it did. It got rid of my symptoms. I was able to live a normal life. Um, and luckily, I didn't have the side effects that you do hear about on those commercials for Enbrel. So for 10 years, I just kept doing that. I just kept taking that, the embryo. And I honestly, I wasn't looking for another solution. 
that to me was the solution. Now I had asked doctors, all my rheumatologists, I would ask them, you know, is there anything I can do with my diet or my lifestyle that could help? And I was always told no. I was told no, this isn't your digestive system. This is your immune system. Or the best answer I got, the most positive answer I got was, uh, it might help a little bit, but you're always going to stay on this medication. So, I mean, what kind of, that is not going to motivate me right. to change my diet if I'm not going to get on, off the medication. Like, what's the point? I'm not going to well, give up chocolate cake if that's, you know, if it's not going to get me off the medication. So why would I even try? I know. And you were at least being proactive with asking those sorts of questions because you were trying to find an alternative because you were seeing the side effects of these drugs that you were taking. So while uh-huh. you were getting relief of symptoms, you were having these other side effects. And I'm sure, you know, the fact that you are being proactive and asking about, well, like food and how that could affect your body. It's like, you didn't want, you, you were at the end of the road. This is like, this is the last resort. I have to take this medicine or else I will not be able to, you know, have a normal functioning life. Um, so Can you take us to the part of your story where now, you know, you've been on these drugs for a number of years and at what point did you notice, start to notice the connection? Um, so this was actually by accident. So my sister was getting married. I had reached a point where, yes, the embryo was keeping my symptoms at bay, but I had noticed that some things were getting a little worse. My, my embryo wasn't keeping my symptoms down as much as it used to, um, and I was tired all the time and I had gained about 40 pounds and my sister was getting married and trying on bridesmaids dresses was kind of a wake up call for me (laughs) as it is for a lot of people when they have to go, when they feel like they've gained too much weight. And so I was actually looking for just ways to lose weight. And so I started um, really looking at my diet and eating healthier and everything. And I noticed that I was feeling better, but it wasn't until I had a friend mention that she had done what some people might've heard it, the whole 30. And it's an elimination diet for 30 days. And you basically find out what foods may have be triggering certain symptoms. So some people have migraines and that sort of thing. In the case of my friend, she had had migraines that the whole 30 helped her find out that dairy was causing her migraines and now she doesn't have it anymore. I decided to try the Whole30 just to help me clean up my diet a little more. I had no, I did not believe that it would actually help my symptoms because I had been told that diet and lifestyle didn't matter. So I in no way thought it would help. But within two weeks of doing the Whole30, I started forgetting to take my medication, which never happened, never happened. And by the end of the month, I felt like a brand new person. I told, I called my doctor and I said, Hey, I said, um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really good. I've been doing this diet. I'm feeling really great. Is there anything I can, do I need to wean off? Like, what do I need to do to get off this? So I did wean off. Um, and about a month later, I was completely off the medication and wow. I, 
I went a month after that to see my rheumatologist and this is this, I was so excited to see her and tell her my progress and tell her what I've learned. And oh my goodness, you know, can you believe this happened? And um, when I told her, she was frustrated with me and she just kind of gave, gave me this exasperated look. And she's like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to x-ray your hands to make sure you're not destroying your joints. <laughs> and I thought, but I'm not, I don't, I'm obviously my inflammation is down, which is all that those drugs was do, were, were doing. It's keeping my inflammation down. Like I'm doing that with diet and lifestyle. So what, what's really the difference here? And, um, I, that was the last time I saw her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also that was the last time I have not been on any medication and that was four years ago. I've not needed it. I've not, I've not had any, any issues. Um, and I remember I went to the library that day and I pulled out all the books I could on autoimmune disease. And I could not believe that this information about diet and lifestyle and how it affects autoimmune disease has been out and known for at least 10 years before I had discovered it. In addition to your diet, was there anything else that you started to incorporate into your life? during this time period? Yes, I really started prioritizing my sleep hmm. and working on my stress. And anyone with an autoimmune disease, even if it's being well controlled with medications, they know how much sleep and stress can contribute to things like flare-ups. Um, and then also staying physically active. Those were my three and I just, you know, I kept up that diet. Um, I, I still, to this day, I don't eat grains. You know, um, I don't eat the things that I know flare up my disease and I don't feel like I'm restricted. I, you know, there's things that I enjoyed and enjoyed before I started doing this. And I found other ways to make those and, and I don't feel restrictive, but yeah, I would say those were, it's, it's a whole, it's not just diet. It's a whole lifestyle. Yeah. And I think that it's incredible that you were able to see the fruits of that and recognize the difference, because I think when some people think of dieting or any sort of elimination from their, the food that they eat, they just look at it as something that they're going to have to give up and not get anything in return for. Mm -hmm. So you were able to see that direct correlation. You know, if I eat this way, I will feel better and will be able to, you know, not have to take these other drugs. So I just think it's a wonderful story and super inspirational for people that might be going through the same thing to realize that there is definitely that cause, you know, the whole, you know, anti-inflammation diets and different foods to eat and, or avoid that you can really see a difference in it. I think it's wonderful that you were able to, um, so thank you for sharing that part of your story. And now I kind of want to transfer into how you've taken what you learned in your own personal experience and how you share that with others. Yeah, well, I remember when I was sitting in that library and I literally sat down and started reading those books. And I remember feeling honestly kind of angry. You know, I, ha I had been asking these questions and had been told no, that it, diet and lifestyle had nothing to do with my disease. And I re remember the first thought I had was like, does anyone else know this? 
<laughs> is there, are there other people out there who are suffering like me, who are willing to put in the work to, to change their diet and lifestyle and they're just being told no. And so my first thought was actually to start a blog. And so, you know, I had an Instagram account, was trying to do a blog and that sort of thing. But then it kind of hit me that the problem isn't that the information isn't out there. The information is out there. We're overloaded with information all the time. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's enough to help someone be able to take control of their disease through diet and lifestyle. And so that's when I started looking into health coaching. Um, I wanted to know how I could truly help someone, how I could support someone, how I could guide them. Um, and, and really get behind like what motivates someone, you know, how can I help them realize how important this is and be there for them. And so that's where I started researching like health coaching and, and decided on a, a health coaching program to help me learn how I can best do that and, and support people. And, you know, I, the program I chose specifically was one that included mental health and spiritual health, you know, your relationships and everything, um, along with nutrition, because I mean, that is those three things, they all contribute to your physical health. And I also love the fact that they um, taught about personalized nutrition because even with autoimmune diseases, someone with two people with rheumatoid arthritis could have completely different food triggers and need completely different diets. So this is all about personalized nutrition and that's important. Um, so yeah, that's what led me to health coaching was I, I want to empower people. I want to help people realize that they don't have to be a victim um, <clears throat> of our current healthcare system, our current medical system, and how what we're being told as patients that they don't, they have a choice and they can live a life that's limitless. I love that. Um, it's just a beautiful mission. And I feel as though it really ties back to the purpose of this podcast, which is Project Happy Place, as I said in the beginning. But the entire reason I started the podcast was for people to realize that if you do something that you love, and in this case, you love what you do because it's tied back to your own very personal story, then you're kind of living in this pretty happy place, which doesn't mean that every day is easy. You still have your own struggles and challenges with work or career, but it must just be so fulfilling for you to be able to share this with others. And, and I'd love to hear if you have any, you know, um, stories of people that you've seen where they've had similar results to you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's something that I also looked into in the beginning of my journey is like, am I the only one that has done this? And if you go, and there are thousands of people, hundreds of people that have done this for themselves, diseases that were thought to be just, you know, there is no way to, to treat these holistically. Um, Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis and, and Hashimoto's and all this, there are so many people who have been able to take control of that. And, and really it's, you know, it's a mental thing too. And, and just knowing that the, the possibility is out there, that's like the first step of your healing journey is you have to understand that if other people 
were able to do it, then that possibility is out there for you too. Um, so yeah, and some of the some of the you know the moments that you have with clients is just that aha moment of like I'm not stuck. You know, I I've been told that so many times is like I'm not stuck. I have I have a choice, and to understand that you can be you are in the driver's seat of your health um, is so empowering and something that we don't typically get from the conventional medical community. Oh yeah, totally. Um, I think, I mean, that's kind of what I experienced in my own personal journey was that I kept trying to go to doctors to get answers and there wasn't an answer other than just take this pain medication mm. to suppress the pain. So that's when I started to realize for me, that was like the end of the road. Like, I don't want to be taking that medication. And then, you know, trying to uncover alternative ways to get to the bottom of the root cause. And that's when I started to do my own research, kind of like you had on reading, you know, about stress disease connection. And um, one of my favorite authors on that is Gabor Mate, where he wrote a book, When the Body Says No. I'm currently reading the book, How to Do the Work. And it's just a constant reminder that, you know, these things that can pop up in your body, ailments and such. Now, when something like that happens, I start to do research. And now I'm so funny because I'm like, what chakra is connected to my eye? You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm going to do more Reiki and have her focus on that. So now my first line of defense is, I would say more Eastern medicine, like, okay, I have to ramp up my acupuncture or, you know, what are some self-care things that I can do? Or I haven't done my meditation lately. So it's so funny now that my first line of defense are those sorts of things, which to me just feels you know, a lot more freeing than having to go to a doctor every single time something happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that book, How to Do the Work. It's such a good book. Um, <laughs> so good. Um, I'm like highlighting it on my Kindle. I'm like, oh my gosh, my notes are going to be very long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And I want to just put that I'm not, I am not anti-medicine. I'm not, you know, any of that at all. Um, but the fact that this isn't even an option for most people, you know, or it's not, it's not given to people that, that changing their diet and lifestyle, it's just, it's not even offered. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people out there that, um, I, a lot of people I know with autoimmune disease, they're on medication and it's not helping all that much. And they're right. still suffering quite a bit. And so it's just like, wow, there's so, there's so much that, even if someone didn't want to get off their medication, that's okay because the diet and lifestyle changes can still kind of fill that gap that maybe your medicine is not. So it's just something to think about. Also, you know, it doesn't have the side effects that True. so many of those medications have. Well, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story with everyone, for doing the work that you do, and for people that want to connect with you, what is the best way to do so? Yeah, um, so I'm most active on Instagram. I am at the autoimmune entrepreneur. Um, I work with entrepreneurs so that, you know, with autoimmune disease so that they can, you know, 
really go after that business of their dreams and not feel like they're limited by their diagnosis. Um, so that's what I'm kind of doing right now. So that's the best way to connect with me is on Instagram at the autoimmune entrepreneur. Great. Thank you so much. I will yeah. definitely include um, a link to that in the show notes and want to just, you know, keep rooting you on for living a life that is balanced and where you're using, you know, wellness techniques to help um, with your disease and the work that you do. And um, again, thank you for being on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I've really loved this conversation. Well, that wraps up the uh, latest episode of the Project Happy Place. Stay tuned for more guests like Erica. And if there's any topic in particular that you want to hear from, be sure to message me. But we will continue to kind of comb through and find similar guests that are living you know, in their happy place, doing really inspiring work.